fun. You're never gonna stop going. Yeah. I'm, I'm more excited <laughs> about everything else. The parties, the exposure, but so are they. Yeah, yeah. It's, and that's really what it is. It's not so much about being on stage, because um, there's there was a video that we had put up a decade ago um, about when it was our oldest son was like six, had never been to FDF before or five or four or however old he was. But he was old enough to talk, mm-hmm. and he was sitting in a room chanting FDF, FDF, and it's literally he's never been there. But he was so excited about it because of everything that he had heard and and had you know just what had built up to it and it was never for us it was never about competition it was always about just learning it right doing it right doing your best those sorts of things and that's that's how it continues and that's why like they're parea and they're like they're on a bike ride with the same kids they're Greek dance, Greek dance with and they're you know the, so that that community that where I grew up in Downey which is really what I wanted for my own children to have as, as we've found again, which is the best. Yeah. Wait, are we going to start right now? <laughs> like we're already going into this. You know what? I think we should get going. We're having some good conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah, wait. this is perfect. You know, right? Yeah. We can keep on, keep on rolling. Do you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, like where you're from, kind of where you grew up and then we'll just roll into everything else. Sure. Do you want to go first? No, please. Okay. <laughs> so I'm uh, Stacy Zuberaikis. Um, Anastasia is my real name. I've gone by Stacy through the church community. Um, grew up in Long Beach, California. So in Los Angeles, about 20 minutes south of LA. Um, started dancing at like four or five, super early, with just a bunch of the church kids. Um, Dance has always been a big part of our lives. So, you know, as everybody knows, with Greek families, you get together, you dance, you do all this stuff all the time. Um, But continued throughout, uh, started FDF um, in 1984, Um, then continued dance, had this passion, had this love. My cousin was our director for many, many years. And so I was really close to my cousin and I really got to see the the inner workings of being a director. So I had a different insight to directing than the other kids in the dance group did. Um, So when I was about 16, I started directing for Long Beach, um, like the youngest group. And, you know, fast forward decades at this point and just continued directing on, um, was really involved in directing. I pretty much directed most every age level um, in Long Beach, I think most of the groups at some point in time helped um, form the dance program, was one of many parents and directors that really helped form that dance program and um, continued through FDF, was uh, part of the management team at FDF for a couple of years as well. So we Mm -hmm. kind of took that angle as well as the director angle. when I was, I was probably like young adults, like 20s, early 20s, um, me and a couple of other directors, as well as a couple of the other parents realized that, you know, the directors that we had, we were all getting older and we kind of had no one else. And we figured, you know, we really need to create some kind of system where we're teaching these kids how to direct because we would see it, it was this cycle in every church. They would have these one or two directors that would stay for years and years that were just amazing directors. And then they would leave and then the program would just fall apart. And by leave, it's like they would get married, They'd they would have children, yeah, would, their lives know. would sort of continue. 
And, um, and so we identified this need and started this kind of mentoring program per se, and uh, just grabbed a couple of the kids that had an interest in dance and had an interest in directing. And we pretty much put one, you know, teenage girl boy to assist all of the directors. Mm -hmm. And so that started this program that we implemented where every year we would have this assistant. And so they would be like under us per se, you know, air quotes um, for a couple of years. And we would teach them the research behind it, the, you know, how to look for instruments, how to find musicians, what melodies, you know, all of those interests Mm -hmm. that come with Greek dance. And then they eventually kind of became that director after a couple of years or when they were ready to become that director, they did that. And so we did this for, oh gosh, probably like 20 years now. We've probably have had like 30, 40 kids go through this mentoring program per se. And some of them, you know, just did it to finish up high school, then would go and leave and go to college um, and wouldn't direct again, which is perfectly fine. Um, Some of them would go to college. We had one, um, one that went to went to college and then he ended up moving to Nashville and actually brought it, helped direct a group in Nashville and brought that group to HDF, you know, other uh, directors that, you know, went to college and started their own college group. So, you know, we had a lot of these directors, we still do. Um, and uh, we kind of built this system to where now we have these great directors. Um, and uh, so we kind of continued that, then I was directing and then, um, Directing, yeah, throughout my whole life until the third and fourth child, which are my twins, and said, okay, I can't do this anymore. Um, I'm done. And our, the directors that we had were just perfectly capable of, you know, doing what they needed to do. And, you know, I felt like, okay, you know, we've instilled that passion in all these kids and it's going to be great. So, um but then that's kind of where we're at. So now, you know, we're kind of full-time parents um, with four kids this year that will officially be going to FDS. Um, and I also on the side started uh, judging at HDF. Um, gosh, I don't know, five years ago, I think 2015, 2016 was probably my first one. Um And so now I've been a judge at HDF. I absolutely love it um, because really all I want to do when I'm at FDF is sit and watch dances. But at FDF, I can't do that because I'm running around with my kids and the dance groups, you know, everything. So at HDF, it's just like, ah, okay. Now I can actually sit and relax and really enjoy this and do what I really, really love. So that's, yeah, kind of my story in a nutshell. I love that. Mine started far later. Uh, I didn't start dancing until I was at least 10 um, for Downey at the time. Uh, I was in with an older group and it was, I think 87 was our first trip to competition to FDF was Anaheim back then. Um, and then just stayed on dancing in the Downey program, really just as a dancer and in having fun, so to speak. Um, until I think my first year in college, a close friend of my family's, uh, Tom Lanzadakis, was directing Stacy's group in Long Beach. And up until that point, being of Cretan heritage, I'd never performed any kind of Cretan at FDF and wanted to. Uh, so myself, my brother, and another friend um, jumped ship, so to speak, and went and danced for another church, which is a Uh-oh. big no-no. Um, <laughs> And uh, started dancing at in in Long Beach, and it was you know 
um, new people, although, you know, people you sort of knew from the community, but didn't really spend that much time with, um, met Stacy there, um, well, and got closer there. Cause we had met previously at festivals and stuff. Sure. Whatever she <laughs> said, um, met Stacy there, um, and started dating. And then she was, because she was directing, she inherently pulled me in because Greek folk dance is like the big black hole of the cosmos. And then if you're, if you're remotely near it, you get sucked in to one level or another. Um, and I will tell you, and then if you don't know, if you don't have these same people in your own communities, there has been more than one Xeno that has just like been sucked in and ends up like being an assistant director in the group because they're around it so much and the, the amount of work directors put in after hours, um, they, they become their own sort of experts in the field. Um, and so we started directing together um, a young, you know, a, a elementary school age group uh, for a number of years and then um, stopped for a while and got involved with uh, an older group, high, uh, high school, early college group in Downey again, much later, um, after Adi decided he was going to move to the news. DC, yeah, um, no DC. Whatever. <laughs> uh, after Adi left. Yeah, he turned to us and was like, you know, I have this group in Downey and yeah. I don't have a director. You guys really should direct them. So I, like, I don't, what I think you, you have to understand is at the time, Adi might have directed a dozen groups. I'm not, and this is, yeah. I mean, if it's an exaggeration, yeah, like, it's an exaggeration by like two, okay? Right. Across all of Southern California. So for him leaving, it was it was huge shoes to fill. And that first year, um, I think we did like a hybrid suite and we did like a Ponic set and then we did a Cretan set. And, you know, we were so gung-ho and I think they were senior and we had like some budding musicians and we had like, uh, we had a, um, a Ponic uh, Lira on stage, like one of the kids was was playing it, and um, it was it was such a cool environment. I, I don't I don't know how well we Adi would be able to better tell you, um, you know how, how the group went. Um, but um, on the Cretan side, um, we continued Kutikakia after that. Did a series of Cretan sets in various other um, regions, and and finally just mm -hmm. retired when it was just time to. I mean, at that point, Stacy was involved with six groups. Um, we were talking about having a family. I just bought our first house. It just felt like the right time, to, at least for me, to sort of take take a step back from um, directing. And then got into was invited to be a judge at, at FDF for uh, a few years after that. Um, and then decided at some point it would became more important when I when my children were finally able to to dance. And when you're directing, when you're judging, it, it, especially at, at FDF, if if there's not time made for you to go see your children, you're not going to. And I had missed like a couple, three years of it. And it was like the end of it for me. And I was like, forget it. If I can't watch my kids, then I'm, I don't want to judge. So um, from that point on was, you know, tying zones and, you know, helping, yeah. helping groups get ready and <laughs> doing things like that. And and sitting there and, and you know, while Stacy would still direct, I mean, I would sit there and I was like her eyes and ears. I was like texting her, you know, sitting with Did Dean, <laughs> sitting with Dean. He says this group is booty. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> things like that. Uh, yeah, I'd always be like, okay, watch the rest of my competition and let me know because I just didn't have time to ever do that. Right? You know, it's like running around. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. he would be like, so. you need to eat. Did you eat lunch? I'm like, um, right. <laughs> eat a protein no. bar. <laughs> right, exactly. There's no eating. <laughs> yeah, no, no. no, fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the one of the my funnest points in in dance was sitting sort of before we were judges in this sort of intermediary period where before Adi was judging and Stacy and me and Dean, and we would all just sit in the back of the room, these sort of semi-retired advanced senior directors and just watch dance and just have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, whether it was the group or what they were doing or the specific steps and watching Adi and Dean go at it um, was, was, you know, a fond memory of mine um, <laughs> for quite a while, but just, it, just all of us just sitting in the back, just watching and you could, I mean, it was, it was hilarious. Cause you would see like, we were watching like advanced junior or something, which is like 12 year olds. And you would see these directors who knew who we were, all of us combined and they would come walking and then they would see all of us sitting there and they would just go completely around all of us to avoid any conversation. <laughs> like if, especially if their group just got off stage, they were like, Oh no, I'm avoiding this. Group. Like, and they would just, <laughs> they would just bail out on all of us. Um, yeah. But even before that too, we like when we were dancing the dance seniors, cause we also danced in the Olympian dancers for many, many, many years um, with Adi and um, a whole bunch of other people. But after that performance and after all the advanced senior competition, we would sit in our hotel room, like with like half of our costumes on because we were just so tired, you know? And we would just talk for hours about mm -hmm. competition and the dance groups and that same thing. And it's funny because the people that were sitting in that hotel room were all like, super involved now whether it's judges whether it's you know running fdf all of these things like we're super involved because that's what we did and it was just sitting hours and hours and hours of just talking about it and after fdf it was okay come over to my house for cafe and let's go through all of this you know yeah. so that's so cool what great memory i have a lot of questions here <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so it's interesting for me because me and maria growing up on the east coast are our exposure and what we, how we grew up in dance definitely sounds a lot different. Um, now that I have the privilege, joy, honor, purse, whatever you want to call it, of dancing with Adi, um, I hear stories every time, you know, every week we're together, he tells me about like, well, this is how it was back in, you know, West Coast. And uh -huh. so I'm, I'm curious, um, because our exposure to dance growing up from a little age, um, I feel like for, for me, the passion and everything that I got came from outside of my upbringing. I'm curious, growing up West Coast, California, um, what was your exposure? I mean, was it mostly the, the local community there? Like, but what were the, or was it like trips to Greece? What were the things that really at a young age captured you and inspired you to really dive into dance the way you do? So with us, with me growing up, um, it was about, you know, the families getting together and putting on the music and dancing. Um, my, my parents grew up being very, very close to Adi's parents. That's why Adi is brought up a million times probably today, but they have this one group of women and husbands that would get together 
like every weekend and all the men would go sit and play poker and all the women would go to the living room and they would dance and it was all the dances from Horofa, um Katerini like all of those dances and then there would be throwing the Kalamakiano and the Tzamiko and whatever and the women would just dance all night and us as kids we were little but I just remember running around the house playing until two in the morning you know and then falling asleep on the couch and then being at home you know so that kind of started it um my dad would always listen to great music so my my mom's from Tripoli she was born and raised in Tripoli my dad is actually German he was born and raised in Germany so he is not Greek mm -hmm. but again like the black hole of just being Greek he was <laughs> <laughs> and probably was more Greek than you know the majority of people, but it was him, you know, on the weekends when we would barbecue, listening to Tsamiko and, you know, like all the Melina Mercuri, like all of the old school records. Didn't understand a lick. Yeah, he didn't really get any of it. Just but, listened to it. Yeah. It was, you know, what they all listened to at the time. Yeah. And so there was always music, you know, um, and it just stuck. I just got this passion for it. But we grew up in exact opposite with you guys where competition wasn't even a thing for you and it was all about the festivals and all about these performances where competition was really the only thing and the festivals were just that supplemental time to go and perform and have fun so it's it's a very different perspective yeah. on it mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's hard to try to get those kids to to realize that it's really not about the competition. I mean, it pushes, there's so many good things about the competition, but it's not about the metal. For, for me, it was always about that dude's a badass. I want to dance like him. And I think, and, and I think that's still the case because um, yeah. I'll tell you watching in the Long, Long Beach dance program, for decades, it was always about who's that, that all the all the kids would watch that next age group up mm -hmm. or it's two two age groups up and what they did and how they did it. And it that that same mentality still remains like that's really cool. I want to be able to do it, um, which is the, which is, has been the driving force and has been for me as well. Like for for me later, it was like watching the old guys. Mm -hmm. I love watching the old guys. I have a very like I dance like a ghetto. Like there's plenty of people that have told me that, <laughs> um, which I'm totally fine with. Because these guys just ooze style. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't like yeah. it's, it's effortless for them. Um, but um, that I think, as far as influence goes, it, and I think that's probably still the case. It's just that guy's great. I want to dance like that. I want to dance like him. I want to dance like her. Yeah, I I feel like it's so interesting how we can grow up totally differently, right? You know, and and. Like when you guys were saying in the early 80s was maybe when you were hitting your first, um, you know, FDF. I feel like Ev and I were just coming into this world, like, but <laughs> still in relatively similar time periods, but we grew uh -huh. up very, very differently. Um, but then we find ourselves now with the same drive and passion, mm -hmm. like how you were describing sitting and, and talking and, you know, having like a commentary, right? That's like something that I could see our parea doing as well. Like not necessarily up in the mix, just kind of observing, but like really going deep and then having these like existential conversations about something related to Greek dance that you, you're like, if a stranger walked past us, they would be like, what are these people on? Like what yeah. kind of a conversation are they having right now? You know? Uh, um, if right. you talk to Spudobekas, 
for decades, and he would say, if we spent a tenth of the time talking about how to become millionaires that we do about Greek dance, we would all have been millionaires ten times over. Yeah, like, no doubt. You know, no that's doubt. that's just the definition of anything you're passionate about. Absolutely, absolutely, and I yes, I I completely agree with that. Um, I don't want to jump too far ahead and talk about the mentoring program. Mm-hmm. With that said, that is such a fantastic thing to do because um, I feel like in our last podcast with John Peppas, we were talking mm-hmm. about sort of like succession planning, if you will, right? right? Like what's yeah, next? Absolutely. And it's so you build these programs up and you create what seems like such a solid foundation, but they're really vulnerable programs. Like if, you know, kids decide that Greek dance isn't cool, mm-hmm. right? there's something that can like degrade the foundation that you've built, or if you don't have a structure and somebody just needs to take a break, you know? Um, So the fact that you all are doing that is, or did that is, Mm -hmm, is absolutely mm -hmm. massive. Like it solidified the footprint that you put a lot of time into. Well, they had had 50 people go through it, but there was only a dozen active at any time. So you're, you, you know, you're whittling down and you start with a really big pool and people think it's cool and they'll do it. And a lot of them might do it because their parents forced them to, because yeah. it's an opportunity and whatever. And then, right. then, the, then for some of them, the, the flame catches and they continue for others, flames out and, and they well, move on. And, so, yeah. And I think the biggest thing is, is that people don't really understand what it takes to be a director. Mm-hmm. Um, they still I, don't. They Many still, parents right. still don't. You know, and it's like, oh, it's okay if a couple of directors leave. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, you can't just find a director, like, and one that's actually capable of putting together these beautiful suites that are authentic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, people see just the two hours of dance practice or the three hours, four, whatever, however long you're there. They just see that. And that's mm-hmm. it. They don't realize that that's like, 25% of what we do, like that's the easiest part, you know? I'm, I'll never forget one girl who was one of my first students that I kind of had as assistant director, let's say, um, you know, after the first practice, I'm like, okay, let's get together this Friday. Let's look at some videos. Why don't you think about this or see what kind of area? And she's like, what? And I'm like, well, <laughs> there's a, a lot more to this. And I kind of went through and started explaining things. She's like, oh, it's not just the two hours of practice. And it's like, no. <laughs> like, no, it's not, you know, yeah. and back in the day, it was trying to find and hunt down videos, VHSs from, you know, for us, it was Ann Sirota and of course, Joe, Joe. Graziosi and Renee Cleary, so all these younger or older now judges and but they were like our mentors back then and it, they had to make create these VHSs of videos, you know, um, and and they would swear you to secrecy that, you know, either Sometimes, yeah. don't give this to anyone or you didn't get this from me because I'm not even supposed to have it or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or you would go, there was a, every Friday they would do this, every Friday? Yeah, Once yeah. A, was it weekly? Anyway, this thing called Kipseli. Um, it was in like Pasadena where it was these, these, these dancers from like the sixties and seventies, like intersection, which I don't know if you've heard that's that name before, but, um, this, this group of dancers that had Robbie Shulman and Anne and, and, and other f- people that were in it that are now um, like judges at FDF that are now the senior judges at FDF, um, started these programs, you know, or started that group in the sixties, seventies. Um, and they would sort of turn that into every Friday they would get together and dance and they would have guest teachers all the time. 
Um, and we would be there like Dennis Boxell, who you may not even heard that name, mm -hmm. passed away some years ago, uh, was a big, big director in the 90s, um, did his own research and, and brought research in. But he did a lot of not just Greek, but general Balkan stuff as well. Um, and um, so there, there was there was that exposure also. So we kind of had that opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, but yeah, so, you know, with the directors, it is, it's really about teaching them mm -hmm. the inner workings because there isn't, there isn't just a book that you can open and be like, yeah, I think I'm going to do Thracian. I think I'm going to do Evros. Oh, let me see what, what dances are from Petrota. There's nothing that's like, you know, Diakotos can be done with this melody, with these. There's nothing like that, you know? And we've seen it so many times where directors are kind of like, um, I'm directing a group. Where, where do I get my material? And it's like, where, YouTube, man. Like, where I think, <laughs> what do you want to do? I don't know. Well, you know, we're there to help you, but you got to have an idea of like where you're headed. So there's some people that just get it, you know, and I'm sure it's like everybody that you've had on your podcast, you guys that just like that passion is there and that drive is there and they're, they're self-motivated anyway. Then there's others that just feel like it can easily just open your book and here you go. There's your lesson plan. Do you, you see know? why Long Beach was unique? This is the attitude. You need to figure it out. Yeah. Right? They're not the first, they're not the first group or they're not, they're not the oldest church or, or organization to, to need succession, but they're of the first where it, the succession, the plan, the, the ideas come from the directors. Okay. What are you doing with your group this year? Mm -hmm. Okay. You need to look at your group. Who do you have? Was there a big year? Uh, Long Beach, the Long Beach program, um, children move through as they age, much like school. So it's not just one group that stays together from advanced primary to advanced senior. Um, so as they move through, okay, you had a, a new big group of kids come in. You lost, uh, you lost a bunch of kids to another group. Um, what are you going to do with them? You're going to do two new suites. You're going to keep an old one. You know, like you, you sort of walk them through the process of how to put together a a successful performance. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what you get in Long Beach. I mean, there were plenty of other churches where there was like one main director who uh, sub-assigned other and did all the research themselves and and showed it to the and, and it was more of a, of a pecking order kind of thing. Long Beach didn't function that way. And mm -hmm. as far as I know, still doesn't. It's, hey, you're going to do this? That's great. Okay. Oh, you're going to need new costumes this year? Oh, you're going to need to do this? You're going to do that? Like there's there's a whole checklist that, that would follow along that you would help them to succeed, but it was their work and their mm -hmm. follow-up that did it you just didn't send them out you know on an iceberg with a little you know blanket go you know figure <laughs> out there's 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 assistance but um that's where i think that program really excelled is it gave some creative freedom to the directors and and control so that they could um put something together mm -hmm. kind of like I mean, a lot of, I, I I'm hearing what you're saying that it just reminds me of like a, a broader conversation that I like to have a lot about passion because mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like that's what moves us to really want it, to see this to succeed and, and is we've we've felt that passion. We know what it can do to you when you're when you're dancing for the right reasons. but um, I mean with this whole notion of having directors that truly understand, the why they're doing it and not just what they're teaching. Um, I mean, that to me seems like the biggest thing that you're doing with your, with the mentor program is that it's not just, you know, like here, this is your group, but it, you're, you're instilling that you're, you're giving them the opportunity to find that passion and grow 
in ways far more than just, okay, I'm good at teaching the steps. I'm good at pulling a circle together. No, like, you know, and, and I think that's, I mean, I know when I teach, um, my biggest joy is when I see the kids find that passion for themselves, mm -hmm. because that's how I measure my success. It's not, okay, they can do this step. It's no, they can do this step and tell a story with their eyes, with their body movements, with their expressions on their face. Mm -hmm. They understand why they're dancing now and not just, you know what I mean? So to me, it's like, that's, I mean, that's everything you're saying, like underlying it is like the exactly. why is there. Right. Everybody can teach to a certain extent. There's people that are very good at it and others that are okay. Right, um, right. But when you can build that passion in more people, that, that that's the success there. Yeah. So, and I yeah, and that. I think that's like, yeah, that's the end goal. You know, we want this to continue. We want yeah. our kids doing this. We want their kids doing this. And it's the same reason why we go to Greece and we go find the, the crazy little villages that are isolated and go talk to the Yeti and try to bring this out because we want it to continue, you know? And the only way it's going to continue is we if we have these passionate people. You know, one of the, when, when I'm doing my suites and, you know, try to figure things out, and I pick a village or pick an area, I'm always like, okay, I just need one thing that can just be like that, that, that cool factor, whether it's a cool song for a Zonradico or whether it's this really cool singing thing. It's like one thing that I know that the kids will get excited about and then I'll build off of it, you know, but I'm always like thinking, how am I going to keep these kids engaged and how am I going to give them that love of Greek dance, you know, and, and it is that, you know, back in the day, burning, you know, burning CDs for them of the music, you know, here, listen, here are all your lyrics, like, listen to it in the car, you know, you're so um, nice to yourself. You didn't say tapes. <laughs> I know I didn't say, I never did tapes. I never did tapes. It was all CDs, but you know, and, and my success when I'm like, I, I got them. This is awesome. Isn't the medal. It's never been the medal. It's going to the, the high school graduation parties of some of these kids and them putting on that CD that I burned for them and dancing, uh, whatever, a zonoradico and all their high school American friends are trying to figure it out, you know, and them just mm -hmm. dancing and dancing. And, and that's where it's like, this is success. It, it's, it's not the medals. That is a success, you know? And so that's what we're always striving to do. Yeah. That is so important. And I think especially, when there's like so much that can pull someone away from Greekness and mm -hmm. especially compounding the pandemic with that, like uh -huh. where churches weren't in person, you know, all that kind of stuff right. that being able to, you know, have that connection. And I love the, it's the same thing. Like I definitely remember um, like getting ready for big high school events, like senior prom, we took pictures at the church festival because my, senior prom was the same day as my church awesome. festival like <laughs> yeah. just I mean you know how more Greek can you get than right. that you know and it was I was the only Greek in my like American friend group at school and they all came to the the festival and we were right. there in our prom dresses taking pictures with our right. like awkward dates who were like what the hell is this you know <laughs> totally right well it's funny my niece who her mom is the one that was our director growing up and I taught her and now she's teaching my son but when she was in fifth grade I'll never forget her fifth grade camp you know which is a big deal in elementary school 
was the week that we had gone to FDF and FDF, we get there on Thursday morning, usually. Mm -hmm. So her mom had to go to the office and just say, Hey, I need to, to take her from Wednesday or Thursday morning. Cause we have another event. And I remember, you know, all of her friends were like, wait, you're going to miss camp. You're leaving early for camp. Well, how, why are you leaving early? And she was just like, it's, it's FDF. And they're like, but yeah. it's camp. And she's like, uh, no, it, it's FDF. I cannot miss FDF. I will miss fifth grade camp, but I'm not missing FDF. But it was just one of those things, you know, it just, those are the important yeah. things we hold on to, you know, or how many parents when I was directing are like, I'm sorry, but you know, if she's not coming to dance practice tonight, I, it's the only thing I use for her for a punishment. Like, if you know, if you don't finish your homework, you're not going to Greek dance, you know, and they're like, I'm sorry, but it's the only thing that works, you know, and it's like, okay, that sucks, but I, I'm glad, you know, that right. they're super, you know, involved and want to enjoy it, you know, but, you know. It's so crazy, the comparisons, because like, what it's the exact opposite of what I have here. Whereas mm -hmm. I'm like begging the kids to come to practice to get ready for competition. Like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I have a basketball game that night, so I'm going to have to miss this week. I'm like, what are your priorities? <laughs> yeah. well, and, and there are kids like that too. I mean, yeah. these are just the percent kid. There's always that percentage who absolutely love it. And that, that passion, that spark, they got it. And then of course there's the kids. And I do think that as time is going on, I see less of the kids that have that spark because you have club soccer, you have basketball, you have whatever taekwondo like all of these other activities and now i i've started to see it so it's harder to get that passion back you know to, to evan's earlier point this is this is a function of a of sort of a, a greater issue for the community as a whole in that we're i'm i'm the child of a of, of fobs right stacy's a <laughs> child of fobs you folks might be as well i don't know but to keep that it's much easier to keep that torch lit the closer you are to that immigrant. Mm -hmm. And on the East Coast, especially, you have, you've got generations on us, right? We're, West Coast Greeks are relatively young, so to speak, um, comparatively. You've got third, fourth, fifth, sixth generationers that you're, you know, trying to keep involved, which becomes, I mean, kudos to you if you can do it. But yeah, at that point, just, I mean, I'm Greek to them is like, I'm a Spartan at the high school. Like it's it's on the same level, right? Like yeah. Dinos, whatever you want to call them. Um, and it gets super difficult. And I think that's something that these communities are going to be facing, you know, obviously sooner than later um, as well. And there's, there's, you know, whole mentalities behind a lot of that and the whole mm -hmm. generational divides and differences and everything that plays into that um, is what it comes down to. So make it fun, make it whatever you can to bring them in. I mean, I always joke that with FDF, if you can keep uh, uh, girls, not so much, but boys, if you can keep boys interested in Greek dance up until the time they're like 15, they will, they will go to FDF and, and their kids will go to FDF and everything else because there's, they have other interests there and the girls that are dancing there. Right. So <laughs> you just follow it. Right. Um, if you can keep that, if you can just keep them interested, you know, long enough to do that. And, um, I think that, that there's other challenges and, and greater sort of socioeconomic issues that, mm -hmm. that pop up. Um, yeah. For us, um, East Coast, for as far as we understood, it was was much more about the Silogi, right? Where you're from, the Pan Macedonians, the Pan Cretans, the you know they had their own groups and they had their own cultures that they kept, and the church was sort of 
separate from that. There was church and there was the Silogi and the, and the sort of the regional cultures. Because we're so spread out over here, there's the Silogi are, even though they exist, are not like they are on the East Coast by any stretch. So everything hovers around the church. So everything at the church level is far more about faith and far less about culture. They're involved, but they're involved only because of outsiders that forcefully sort of keep them moving in that in those directions. And, and that's that's what the church is there for. It's it's there to save you. It's not there to teach you how to do sirtal, right? <laughs> On the East Coast, you have other issues where it's, you know, you might have this group of great pan-Macedonian dancers that'll never come to HDF because it's not, you know, affiliated. I don't need to do, compete like, you know, and then those folks get older and then they die off because there's no there's no uh, variety in the dances and there's no fun. There's no, you know, your favorite region. I mean, if you only know Florida, your favorite region is going to be Florida. You know? mm -hmm. So yeah. Those, yeah. Those, those challenges are going to be interesting for everybody. It's definitely a changing climate um, mm -hmm. across the board. But, you know, I mean, I mean, we're seeing it now where the churches are starting to push back on cultural things and say, well, maybe maybe the kids shouldn't be so focused on dance and maybe they should be more time should be dedicated to religious studies. Um, so we're seeing a lot of, you know, we have to fight maybe not so much at the, ch the church I teach at directly, but I mean, I know even with uh, the Virginia church where we perform with Adi's uh, with Byzantio, mm -hmm. there's there's two sides right now going at it, whether or not mm -hmm. dance should stay or dance should go. And it's it's kind of crazy to see that, you know? I mean, I know growing up for us in upstate New York, there's always this battle between churches about mm -hmm. my dances, don't touch my dances, don't touch my dancers and everything was very segregated. And when we started our Fotia Hellenic Society and we we're like, we're not gonna be part of any church. <laughs> we're gonna be here for all kids. And that was like hypocrisy. We were, mm -hmm. we were, yeah. you know. Burned at the burned, stake. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's crazy. Oh I mean, it's it's crazy how there's a shift, but I'm, I'm hoping that that kind of rebounds and we see a resurgence of the importance of dance because dance just, it pulls people together. It's meant to unite. It's meant to be about community. It's not meant for division or, and I say competition in the sense that we're not competing against each other. Right. We're, you know, so it, it's, there, I don't know. <laughs> you've, you've, you've spoken I don't want to say negatively about competition in, during the podcast, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, um, but I will I will bring up that for for a long time um, there was the way FDF scored or, or gave out medals was was very specific. You got first, you got second. Your suite was better than theirs. Um, then there's the way HDF gives out medals or gave out medals at some point. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but there you could have it was multiple first places or multiple second places and things like that. And I thought those were the only two real options until the Olympics this summer, where they were, we were watching the gymnastics and they said, well, this, this routine can score a X. Mm. You were, you were scored against the best routine that, that could be done. And I thought, you know, that would be really interesting in, in any dance competition to use that same idea, right? Because mm -hmm. how can you say that you're perfectly executed 
Cretan set was better than my perfectly executed male monastery set. How, how, how it's impossible. I mean, even for me being part of it and seeing it, I mean, it, it's just, it, it becomes totally subjective. There's, there's a whole lot of questions to it. Um, but if you're competing against yourself in a predetermined score in a, in a set of dances that you put together, um, I think that becomes much more interesting than, you know, your Cretan was better than my Florida. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I think, I think it's a hard concept for people to understand. And it, a lot of being able to be successful with that type of criteria requires judges who truly, truly understand, like maybe we call it level of difficulty or, or a perception of difficulty of the elements that they're putting together in the set. Um, but, but you're right. Cause you, you truly are comparing like apples to zebras. You know right. what I mean? It, yeah. It's very different cultures. Um, you know, it's Greek, but it's so different from, you know, different places, even, I mean, you could even drill it down further than just I'm thinking like the most northern place in Greece to the most southern, right? Mm -hmm. You could look at a smaller area and, and drill that down um, and, and really pull out those differences. But it's so interesting because I think people who like, I love the Olympics example, because if you're challenging yourself and, and if a group is challenging themselves by picking eight elements of the highest level of difficulty, like just like what they do in figure skating, right? Mm -hmm. Same, it's the same concept. That's like, it's a, should be a curve, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I mean, you, you could come up with your own rating scale. There you go. Right. <laughs> we <laughs> have market. hours and hours about this, believe me. Yes. Oh, you heard it here first, trade market. You know, but it is, it really is, a, it's a competition about yourself, you know? And I always mm -hmm. tell all of my dancers, I'm like, you the only thing you have control over is you doing the best that you can in your performance because you have no idea what the other groups are doing you can't yeah. control that you can't control what the judges see it's what you can do and to your you know your best performance and what's funny was when i was teaching like it was a primary group which is probably about eight years old what I would always do to them is like towards like a month before the competition, they'd have their suites set up and I would rate them. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do, you know, first round, let's do it. And I'm, you know, and they get off stage and they're, I'm like, okay, well, that was like a seven out of 10, but you need to get to a 10 at FBF. And I would tell them, if you can give me two 10 out of 10 performances that I'm giving you guys an ice cream Sunday party. It was their prize to get yeah. two 10 performances because they really are competing against themselves. I know they can do better. You know, I've seen them, I've seen better, you know, I, I know that they're going to be able to do this. And so throughout that month, every practice, like, okay, let's run through the suite. And then I would rate them. And of course, you know, as it got closer, it got higher and higher. I would never give them a 10 before FDF and they would go to FDF. They would do their first suite, They'd come off. So what did we get? What did we get? And of, of course I gave them a 10. And then it was like, okay, we just need one more, you know? And then the final round would come, they come out and I gave them a 10 and they were so excited because I'm like, you did the best that you guys did. What's funny is the first year I did it, we were in the awards and they ended up placing, I don't know, I don't remember second or third place. And they all were super excited. But then like, like two seconds later, they all stopped. They turned to me and they go, wait, does that mean we're not gonna get an ice cream Sunday party? And it was so funny. It's like, of course you're giving a nice room Sunday party. Yes, you know, but it was just like that stipulation of, wait a minute, 
we yeah. want the ice cream sundae party. I don't know about this medal, but it was just so cute. <laughs> I don't know about this medal, but damn it, <laughs> I better have my sundae. Yeah. Like, yeah. sundae party. But what's so funny about that, <laughs> I did that for a few years, and these kids eventually moved through the system. You know, we're up in the teenage group, and to like, it was so funny because for years afterwards, they would, you know, when they would do a performance, whether it was at the festival or whatever, and they'd see me, they're like, okay, what, what would you rate us? You know, and they uh, still asked, and it was like, oh my God, like it's just the cutest thing. But yeah. it really is that it, it's about you guys you know it's that energy and the styling and everything that you give to that performance you know it mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the external factors in the competition i just want yeah. them to be able to get in line anywhere and look like a dopio just look like a native that's all i want mm -hmm. and i don't care what i don't care what region it is or whatever like that's that's all i want um period yeah yeah yeah. Like, where are you from? Crete. What? Like, yeah. you yeah. know, my, both my parents are from Crete. They're both from Ethno. Um, I might have a little bias about the, my favorite region. <laughs> Just a little. Uh, which, is, which is weird because most Cretans don't have that bias. I, mm -hmm. You're the uh, first one. This is yeah. like earth shattering. Right. right. And they're very, so, very modest. Yeah. So uh -huh. uh, I don't like, have a, a bottle of Reiki in my freezer that has my family name on it from my friend. That, so, um, <laughs> but I, I want to be able to give my children the same thing um, yeah. and be able to just, you know, they, if they want to have a favorite region, that's great. I mean, mine is Cretan. I have, I love Island second for everything. And then everything else kind of falls in to third. Um, I don't, I don't, after that, everything's fun, whatever it is. Um, I, I don't know if you've interviewed uh, Nick and Eleni um, Manolelis. Uh, they're from... Same with Via here. They, they've, they started a nonprofit called Kinonia. Um, and then once or twice a year, they would hold um, just dances. They would bring um, this group down DSC. from DSC. I said DSC on. They would bring, the, they'd bring DSC down. And they just had one like two weeks ago. So Stacy, myself, and, and we took our two older boys. Mm -hmm. um, and they danced all night. Hands down, my, my most favorite memories. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. And that's. And that's what it's about, you know, yeah. like I danced bottles with my 14 year old, you know, oh, and it was like, that. okay, like, you know, the hours and thousands of hours that you've given to this program and, yeah. you know, to do what we do just for that, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that's yeah. And those, those are the moments that spark that passion, right? Mm -hmm. Like when, when you feel that connection on the dance floor in the completely random setting, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. like i mean i'll always go back to my feet like the most memorable night for me was when the tent got blown over at a festival in syracuse mm -hmm. and we were, <laughs> because they that. shut everything down we were trapped <clears throat> in the basement and we just danced completely unplugged no yeah. sounds no electricity <laughs> and we're dancing in the basement until two three i don't even remember yeah. how late but that was the most connected moment for me and right? it was completely unplanned and unexpected absolutely at fdf in pasadena a decade plus ago it's outside of los they, angeles they kicked us out of the the uh convention the hall center. the convention center had to close down and our dance group the, the olympian dancers at the time arguably the most conservative sort of non-party group that existed at the time um, grabbed our musicians, went out to the parking lot and had the biggest oh, the glendy. Street. It was on the street. <laughs> Whatever. In, the, in and out of the street. But it was like at one o'clock in the morning. And, and yeah. like Dauli and like, 
everything yes. going on. And it was like, like hundreds was of people, you know, yeah, in the middle of Pasadena, the street in Pasadena, you know? Yeah. Those, yeah, yeah. those, those hearing those memories. That. That's what you <laughs> live for. Pure yeah. euphoria, you know, where you're just like, ah, oh, and you just never forget that, that feeling. Mm-hmm. I told my yeah. kids today, I dance, I, I'm like, okay, we're getting good. The the style is starting to fall into place. Your footwork is there. You're you're getting comfortable with the, the steps. I said, the thing that you need to get now for me is that emotion. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to read that excitement in your eyes. Yeah. And when you can figure out how to sell that to me, that's when you're going to take a medal at this competition. Yeah. Because yeah. if you go on stage and you execute your steps great and your circle mm-hmm. looks beautiful and you hit all the, the, the marks, that's good you'll get a good score. But if you want that top score, you need to feel it and hear, mm-hmm. and the judges oh. need to see it and feel that as well. Right. The moment you can pull them into your heart and show yeah. them that you are out there doing this dance for the right reasons, that's when you are that's when you are the ultimate. Yeah, so, absolutely. Like, right, and, the, the, and the, what parents don't realize a lot is the reason we have the number of practices and the hours we put in is is to get muscle memory for the movement so you can actually just enjoy the music and enjoy yeah. yourself dancing mm-hmm. right yeah. um, that that's what that and maybe maybe we do a poor job of communicating why we have so much practice <laughs> uh, and the reason for yeah. it yeah I mean, if you're trying to do a susta and you got to sit there and count one, two, and three, right. four, <laughs> like, right, right. like how are you gonna enjoy it? You know? Okay, well, how are you gonna do all the the embellishments and everything else that I want you to do if you you're sitting there, you got the numbers running through your head the whole time? Oh shoot, right. I lost. <laughs> right, or even just like not look robotic and like awkward turtle either, mm-hmm. because also some of these kids, as a teen, like I was super awkward they're awkward to begin right with. right right oh, especially when they're yeah. growing and their feet are big and they don't know right. how to move <laughs> right <Totally> awkward. <laughs> that's why it, like it blows my mind to see the little kids up on stage mm-hmm. one i think sometimes they don't get like as nervous they don't have that like affective nervous filter going on that mm-hmm. you know people who are a little bit older than them but when i i've seen videos of kids at fdf like little miniature things they look Mm -hmm. like dolls just up there crushing it and i'm like Mm -hmm. how do these kids even do it like i can't i mean when i taught the really little ones i couldn't get them to stop picking their noses i was like okay (laughs) you know but it's it's just absolutely mind-blowing because it's like they're just yeah so probably stickers or who knows but they're just like ice cream sundae party (laughs) they're crushing it it's just it's amazing it's absolutely amazing you know yeah, yeah. And and especially with the little kids too, it's like don't underestimate their ability, what they can do. Mm-hmm. You know? Because yeah, you see these little kids and you're just like, oh my God, that's like one of the harder dances, but they get it and they'll mm-hmm. do it and yeah, they'll crush it, you know? Yeah. And they're such hams too. Like yeah. And I'm a crier, so of course when <laughs> I see that, I'm like, I'm well, I'm done. Bye. Yeah. You know? I'm- <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there's moments where I'll be watching something, whether it's an HDF or just watching FDF, and it's like just totally teary-eyed because I just get a moment, and it just, whatever it is, whether it's the kids or the, oh my God, their yaya probably came from the village, and they're watching them, you yes. know, all these little things. But, yes. yeah, there's always, like, that crying moment of it's just too much. It's a lot of emotion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, it... um. If you were talking to somebody who uh, is new with a dance group, 
mm -hmm. um, trying to create a program or what you, whatever maybe, um, maybe it's a young church and that they're trying to establish programs and all this, any advice that you would give them off the bat in terms of getting a, a solid program, a solid foundation built for a program? Um, I would, number one, I think it's just that make it fun. Like we've been just talking is make it yeah. fun for the kids and make them want to come. Um, that's going to be your first and foremost thing. And it's not the make sure you're doing, you know, the correct styling and it, that will come eventually. But number one, you need to get that drive and that passion into your program. You need to have that motivation for people to want to be there. Um, and then you're going to, then I think it's important to find let's say champions, you know, parents that are champions of the program and really make sure that they are involved in the program. You know, maybe you have a parent or identify a parent who likes costumes or, or likes fashion or something and get them involved in costuming for these kids or, you know, and just try to identify kind of your stakeholders and work with them to come together to bring these kids in. I think that's like by far the first thing that has to happen. It just, it, I would echo that. It, it has to come down to motivated people. You, you have to be motivated to want to keep the culture or perpetuate the culture or learn the culture. Um, but you, that, that motivation has to be there. Without that motivation, it's, it's a, it, I don't want to say it's difficult, right? You can, I mean, um, a boombox and a tape or, you know, an iPad and an MP3, whatever you want, to, whatever, whatever mix of music you want. It's really all you need to do to, to start a, a dance party. Right. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's maybe your first set is or your first um, attempt is, hey, let, let's let's get we're going to get together. We're going to drive down and watch Bizandio practice where they're performing tonight. Um, your, maybe your first set is visiting HDF with a, a number of motivated individuals Payments, yeah. um, to see what it is, um, ultimately what it is, right? It's not, it's not the hour spent in the church hall. It's, it's the group work. It's meeting your spouse um, through FDF or continuing that, that your, your life through it and, and the connections that are there. I mean, that's, that's really what this, it's all about community. So if um I would say go go see what the end result is before you you know try to teach your first Siganopetosali. Mm -hmm. You were saying uh, you dislike Rathimo. It's your least favorite region. Not allowed in this house. <laughs> so, um, I, my my first instructor was um, Khania, from Kanyakri, and that's uh -huh. what I grew up. That was my first real exposure to dance. So I, much different than Rathimo, you know, it was very, uh, everything was very methodical and very small and calculated. So um, I certainly have an appreciation for Cree, Korean. I'll give you but... a funny story though. Um, we were at FDF some years ago and there was a group of uh, first generation uh, Cretans from Utah, you know, come out and, and they are all Hanyotis for the most part. And their style was all Hanyotikan. It looked, and it was great. It was super well done. Um, they looked fantastic. And my grandmother was there visiting and she looked over and she's like, and in Greek, she's like, well, what, what are they doing? Like, doing grandma. Oh, this isn't Kutika. I'm like, well, the group's from Hanya. And they're like, 
oh, hainotes, they don't dance good. No, 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 no. This is wrong. You know, so it, was, it, kind of, yeah. it went down from. So. Yeah, yeah. And then she saw like a group that did stuff from La Sithi and she was like, oh, that's not even, that's not Cretan. Yeah. Yeah, and they had like, yeah, you know, or the Asuwanda book came out and she's like, that's not Cretan. Yeah. They're not Cretan. No, it's part that's of your true. island. Yeah, like it's there, it's Cretan. No, 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 it's not Cretan. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's yeah. It's it's interesting that uh, that, that that continues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. So um, <laughs> so Retimo, um, what Stacy? What's your favorite region? Um. Well, I, my husband would kill me if I didn't say it, I think, no. As long as for everybody way. listening, he just put a noose around her neck. And, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do love Cretan, though. I do. Um, it is the one that I, the, the area that I think we've done the most research on and studied because we do have that motivation going back to Kriti and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, going to the villages and getting all that research and learning and, and honing in on that styling. Um, I do love it, but I wouldn't be able to say it's my favorite. I can't even, I, I don't even think I have a favorite. I think it's all really, um, dependent on on my mood and where mm -hmm. I'm at maybe in the day and what I want to listen to and where I'm feeling because I've caught myself so many times where it's like oh my god I love this Urna. I love Ceres and then like a week later I'm like oh man that guy that okay no I really like the guy that oh no you know and it, it changes all the time yeah. but I feel like um it's probably I think it's probably more linked to not just your mood, but then the memories that you may have of that area, you know, what incites that emotion for you, mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of like, um, you know, how they say like smell incites the most memories for you. I feel like it's almost like dance. So I might be totally into, um, let's say, Apanohoro from Carpathos, because when I'm, when I'm listening to it, I'm thinking of the memories when we had danced you know and being on the stage and those those hallmark moments for you where it just clicks and then you know then i'll listen to Thrakiotika, you know a good like a good diakotos um and then i'm like oh my god thracian it's awesome mm -hmm. um so i i feel like it just really depends on that mood and what it incites the feelings that each of those areas incite for you you know yeah. Um, Cretan is more of this family, this love and family life, you know, of us when the Silo go out here does a Cretan dance and my husband and his three other brothers and, you know, the wives and the kids are all and the parents are all dancing a Sirvon line. Like mm -hmm. that to me is always going to be close to my heart, you know, but I think it's, yeah, it's hard to say what I like. And Kikladis, the islands, like I could go off and tell you wonderful things about everything. Um, Except, except what? I don't know. I'm just kidding. I was trying to set you up. Yeah, I don't not like anything. I'll do whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's so like that's the true purpose of dance. Is it, it tells our story. It tells our emotions. It tells. I mean, it's a language in itself. Right. And that I like to me like that's. I mean, these are the moments I geek out because it's like when you when dance can just be all you need to fill that space. Right. where I can just get on the dance floor and you know exactly what I'm feeling because, hey, I just, I, you know, I want to dance a heavy ipirotico right now. Right. You can tell my mood versus, right. you know, like <laughs> I need I need a balos from Naxos and I need to be bouncing off the wall. Like, yes. I'm so excited. You're like, 
But it is every dance, every instrument, every sound evokes an emotion. One hundred percent. That's that's beautifully said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like how many times am I driving home from work and it was a crazy day, and I'm like, dude, I just need a debat right now. I mm-hmm. just need to put on a debat, you know, or a omal. And you know, and then there's other days. That, yeah, I'm listening to like Marzaki Cretan, and I'm like, you know, bouncing yeah. up and down as I'm driving and listening to Malavijati or whatever it is. You know, it's just yeah, that mood. Or okay, I need to get in a good mood, so let me put this on. You know, mm-hmm. so. every time I'm driving home to New York, which is like a six-hour drive, the last when I start to like. All right, I'm I'm getting tired. I'm getting bored. I always put some kind of Cretan on. Yeah. Usually go to my I pull like the YouTube channel on and I'll just like pick an artist and I'll just cycle through all of the stuff they have. And I'm just like, I need that. Like that's yeah. my energy. That's my yeah, yeah. that gets me going. Yeah, there's we used to have we used to play a Malavijoti. It was from Tsuganaiki, Mikali Tsuganaiki years ago, and it was so fast. And I love it. It was on cassette. This is back when it was on a cassette in our it was, director, it was from a yeah. live recording. Yeah. Um, and I literally had to stop listening to it in the car because I would catch myself speeding <laughs> all the time. I'm like, I can't let, I'm gonna get a speeding ticket. I just cannot listen to this anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was fast, but it was good. It was so good. <laughs> the other there- day I was driving and I was like, I have just got a new car, so I have like Sirius XM. You know, uh-huh. it's a trial or whatever. Um, and I was like, why is there not Greek radio on Sirius XM? Like, you can listen to everything. You could, like, change your religion on Sirius XM because <laughs> there's, like, 19 church channels. You know what I mean? You can listen to everything under the sun. And I was, like, scrolling through, and I'm like, okay, there's all, like, the Latin stuff. And, you know, living near Miami now, I'm like, okay, that's, like, standard. Yeah. Like, I hear that coming from people's offices at the hospital. I'm like, no, no. I'm like, there's got to be some kind of, like, Greek on here. Another thing we could start. That's what we need to do. Let's see, there you go. How do you do that? I, I'm going to figure that out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Just another thing to add to the list of right, exactly. projects. Up, up, yeah. up, because up, it's until, true. up until a month ago, I didn't know there was a podcast for Greek folk dance. And, and we were like, <laughs> we were walking and talking. And I said, there's a what? <laughs> so if anyone can figure it out, Muddy, I'm sure you can. I mean, you, you know, that. Forget about nursing. I'm going to figure out how to be a serious XM <laughs> radio host. Think about Pseudo Beckus in the back of your head about the millionaire. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Pseudo right. Beckus is uh, the co-chairman of FDF now? Co-chairman? I don't no, know his... his eminence is the chair. Oh, I, don't I, I don't know He's what like one of the lead people that oversees FDF now mm-hmm. um, and has been doing it for years. But he was one of the, you know, people in our hotel room at FDF on that yeah. Sunday night after all the competition, spending hours yeah. talking about it. I want I to know talk his wife briefly well, about but... that. Yes. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, you touched on it before, other people have said it too, but the, the community, the networks that you have grown through dance and how far reaching they are. I mean, we we are amazed at how many people we've actually met over the years that we never even realized we met them. And then we were talking to them on, you know, the podcast. And it's like, wait, you were at the same place in 2001 in Montreal that I was. And we, wait. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we find a picture and we're actually like standing next to each other in the line dancing. And we're like, wow. But I'm, so I'm curious. I, I mean, we know that we've talked about Adi, but how, I mean, how has that impacted your life? Obviously you're sitting next to each other. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> uh, I, I think one of the, I guess, best stories for me was uh, like two years ago, my, my, one of my brothers was involved in a pretty serious car accident in San Francisco. And um, if it wasn't for FDF, I couldn't tell you the amount of support that we had locally because of the people we had met from it. 
um, from people there that were there to, I think from the time my family was able to get on a flight and fly up there through the connections of FDF, like we were able to get a hold of, or I mean, it just, it was happenstance, but one of the, the mothers of someone that we had met through FDF had gone to medical school with the operating surgeon at the hospital because they were all John Doe's and Jane Doe's. So no, yeah, it was like it was a group of Greek kids. A group got of Greek really kids. It was accident. like really bad accident. And um, she was able to get a hold of the operating the the what do you, what's his, the, the surgeon the head surgeon to get updates for all everyone as the families were like approaching Getting the city. To San Francisco, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is just like from you know people that we met through, through FDF, FDF um, and had, you know, moved around themselves as well. Um, and, you know, being able to show up and have three different people texting you like, hey, I'm going to come pick you up and having to fight like, hey, wait, well, you know, George is already here. So I'm going to just jump in the car with him mm-hmm. uh, and and being able to, you know, hey, go stay here. Here's a hotel room, um, you know, bring you food, bring you coffee, bring my mother coffee, um, who's, you know, waiting there. So that, that for me was singularly the easiest reach outside of clearly my wife and family. Mm-hmm. Um, but to show something that's separated from that and how it continued, right? Because we're, we're going on 20 years of marriage next year, let alone almost 30 years of dating. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we started really young. Don't we look great? Um, <laughs> and and, uh, yes, <laughs> um, so the, and that was something from like just two years ago that happened, right? And we haven't. I haven't been really involved in dance in a number of years now. And Stacy's sort of closer removed, but still it's, it's, um, it's certainly more, um, more um, recent example. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's, you know, one of those things where, wherever you're at in any major city, you, you think of somebody that you may know that you can reach out to. So in that instance of, Hey, I, I just need help here you at least know somebody, mm-hmm. you know, or somebody that knows somebody or something. And I think being who we are as people, it's like, absolutely. What do you need? You know, I'll come and pick you up or let's hang out that night. It's, it's that, it's that connection. Mm-hmm. And even later with children, I can think of, you know, if they're in school somewhere on the East coast or if they're, you know, in the South, it's, you know, if there's someone like, if you need something, call this person, mm-hmm. if you can get a whole, like, this is your next contact. Um, and being able to provide that is fantastic or, or shit just to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Charlotte for work. Like mm-hmm. let's, Call you know, Saddle, let's you go know. have dinner, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, just having that, that little group of Barea is fantastic yeah. anywhere. Who doesn't like Barea? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Greek yeah. doesn't like Barea being able exactly. to show up somewhere is pretty cool. That I mean, that's, that's the community that we build and dance. So yeah, it's, right. It's it's far more than just your little community in whatever town you're in, right? Because when you when you expose yourself to the greater community, you're really just you're making your family grow exponentially every time. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And it's funny. Um, a couple of years ago, the boys. So we have two boys. We have two girls. Um, our oldest is 14, and our then then our next son is 12. He's going to be 13, and then we have two six-year-old daughters. And a couple of years ago, you know, it's just like walking through the FDF lobby and, you know, I'm like, okay, let's go back to our hotel room, which takes me like an hour to walk back because you see all these people, you know, and you're talking to people. And I remember like getting to the elevator finally and they're like, mama, 
how do you, how do you know so many people? <laughs> and, and it's kind of like, well, I've been doing this for like almost 40 years. Like yeah. every year, if, like, if I even met like two people every year, I, I'm going to know people. I'm so, like, so long walk back to the elevator. But, and I'm like, watch and see, you will be in my shoes and you will have that same thing. And it was funny because then it was like a year later, we were walking the lobby and he said a couple, he said hi to, you know, they said hi to a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was through, you know, other things like we have a, a camp, St. Sophia camp at here in um, LA where they go in the summertime. And I'm like, oh, how do you know that kid? You know, it's like, oh, camp. And I'm like, okay. But it's just one of those things. So how do you know that one? Oh, you know, FDF. So it's that slow progression where now we're seeing. And it's like this network that you build because of these connections, you know. And what's great about FDF and HDF is you have three days, four days of these kids here for dance, you know, in one hotel room. And for the parents, it's great. Cause once they get old enough, you're like, dude, go off, have fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're running around with their friends till two in the morning, dancing at the Glendia, watching groups, whatever, doing hasomadas in the hallways. But those, those are the memories, you know, those are the mm-hmm. memories that you keep. And that's what's going to get them coming back for more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I don't have kids, but if I were a parent, I would rather my kid be doing that than like mm-hmm. out with their American friends. Like, let's just Absolutely. be honest. I know the trouble you're going to get into at these Greek events because right. I already did that. Right. Um, right. Well, yeah. And we joke around because yeah, our kids now, their parea, they have a great parea. It's a group of kids. They go to school together. They're in dance mm-hmm. together. They're in church together. I have, I think two of them just came into my house mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> they come like it's, it's like their second home. But so yes. So now we have all these kids and we have their parea, but we grew up with their parents, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you can't lie to any of us because I can easily call your mama like, hey, you know what? The boys told me they're going here. Where did they tell you, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, we joke with our friends of ours from another church where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to whatever. Oh, who, who's over there? What's their last name? Oh, I know their parents. I used to drink with that. You know, <laughs> we would party together when we were young. I'm going to call them up. You know, so it's, yeah. it's that kind of thing where now we're all super involved and connected and, you know. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, so ultimately funny. Just, it's keeping the community. And for us, it's for us sort of third person us as Greeks, it's, it's, it's culture, it's, it's dance, it's food, it's um, faith, it's all these different things and being in and trying to separate one or pull one out um, just makes the community weaker um, as a whole. I mean, if there's somebody you only know from church, you only see them once, maybe twice a week. But if they're in church and they're in dance and they're all these different things, even and, and, and remove, remove yeah. school from it as well. I mean, include, you know, Goya and include these cultural portions. And there's a Kinonia and, and, and everyone shows up to the Glendy and the parents are dancing too. And these things are, are just um, cement around pillars um, to sort of shore up their, their faith, their own faith in their own community. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's a big mistake for anyone to remove any portion of that. Right. Because um, it's just, mm-hmm. why would you weaken a foundation for what? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Um, yeah. So the argument of, especially about, you know, the, the church sort of trying to pull away for, from, from Greek, uh, from, from the culture or from, from dance. I mean, again, why would you, why would you weaken a foundation that's, that's, you know, constantly bringing people back to um, the, the same ethima and ethi, the same beliefs and, and things that, um, you know, we brought from the old country that made us, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
good people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're, they're so intertwined. I mean, church and right. culture are not separate back in Greece. Right. I mean, a lot of the dances have right. religious all, undertones. Absolutely. All of the ethema, they're so, all, they all circle around religious holidays per se, yeah. religious events, yeah. all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's to, to say here in America that all oh, the, the culture is separate from the, the faith. Mm-hmm. No, it really isn't. No, mm-hmm. this right. is, you know, but just like icons told the story of the saints, dances tell the absolutely. stories of the, the celebrations. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. like with the church, I think their biggest fear right now is losing the, the youth, you know? And I think that's where they really want to focus in on religion to bring the youth in. Um, I, I, I don't know the numbers, but I had heard that, you know, there's a huge amount of people that are marrying outside of the faith. And because they're marrying outside of the faith, they are leaving the church to go to that faith mm-hmm. or leaving the church in general. And I, I feel like their focus on religion, though very important, isn't where they need to focus. They need to focus on these other inner workings, you know, like everything else, everything else that we do that's focused in on this culture, because I, you know, this relationship, Adi, Anna, like there's hundreds of couples that have met because of Greek dance. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not so much, okay, I have to marry a Greek. Cause like I said, I'm half Greek, but it's bringing them into our culture. That's going to bring them into our religion and our church, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I think they're losing sight of that and that, inner that just that, um, you know, the, the, inner yeah, inner connection. That's a good word. There you go. Yeah. So. It's, it's the I, community. The community yeah. we create is the, our most powerful selling point. And within that yeah. community, you have the religion, you have the culture, you have the music, right. you have the dance, right? you have the family, you know, but to me, it's the, the community that all of those create. That's, right. that's what we're, we're handing out to people. Right. It's this, this mm-hmm. opportunity to be part of, it really it like I mean, Byzantio here in the DC area is such a it's such a transient area. We have people coming and going. Uh-huh. We have people from Greece that come to study or mm-hmm. you know do some political rotation or whatever it might be, and they're here for a year, two years, mm-hmm. and then they're and they're gone. You know, but from like the moment they show up to that first practice, it's like your family already. Yeah, yeah. Like we've skipped all that. Yeah, because you're here for the same reason that I'm here. We both have a passion and love for this. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what your skill level is, but we're here for the right reason. So we can we can jump right into the. Yeah, this is my friend. Yeah. <laughs> how, right. how long exactly. have you known each other? Oh, just an hour. But right. <laughs> wait, but you what? also feel like you've known him your whole life. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's it's great to have you know the folks that are FDF involved. It was two couple of years ago at Easter. There was a um, two or three youth from Northern California mm-hmm. that were down here, that were in Southern California for school, weren't going to go back home for Easter. And my brother called me and he's like, hey, this and that. And I said, bring them, bring them to the mm-hmm. house. Why, why should they sit? I mean, I have a whole lamb here. Like, who's yeah. going to eat it? The eight of us? Like, Oedipus, <laughs> you know? And that's always, that's, that's, that's always been my stance in general. I mean, we, we have, um, we used to have this thing called Zuberfest that was coined by Dimitri. Papa Dimitri. Uh, Papa Dimitri. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, of course. They, they would fly the, the, the music, the, the uh, what's the name of the group? Endasi. This was pre-Endasi. This is pre-Endasi. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, they would fly out the group of Endesi for practices with the groups before FDF, and then we would host the party that night. And nice. for a few years, um, it was an absolute blast. Uh, and we were, I was at, uh, at a lunch with some friends in downtown LA, um, and it was, it was like the, the party was that weekend and there was an H, there was an FDF uh, board meeting that weekend. And I told them, bring them. And he looked at me like, you, you want me to bring 20 like people? Yeah, just bring them. I mean, it's, why not? I mean, these people are from all over the West coast. They're here for the weekend. I mean, bring just bring yeah. them here. There's going to be live music, just a latte, like come and like Father Gary came and other people and they stayed and it was an absolute blast. So we got a, we got a, we, we got a marriage a couple, out of that Yeah, one. we did. There we got yep. a marriage and a child out of that. that <laughs> yeah. <we did. laughs> uh, you guys have a good years track record. Yeah, years later, yeah. A couple met because of that Zuberfest. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's like almost like um, you're vetting people. Like, you know that if somebody if you're bringing people over or inviting them over, like you already know that they're on the same wavelength in right. some sh way, shape and form. Um, so it's just like a safer experience, you know? Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's so important. Yeah. I feel like one thing you all talked about, um, kind of maybe without saying this is, especially with the church, like we have a multi-generational Greek community and what the church what worked for the church years ago is not mm -hmm. going to work for it now. Um, and I don't think that really hit me until um, I was at a conference just a few days ago and I, I went to a session on this and mm -hmm. I was like, holy cow, like millennials really like this. And it, it just totally hit me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like the church, you know, like Stacey, what you were saying about using religion and, and really focusing on that, that doesn't work for, for the five or six generations, maybe even more actually right. probably more that we have in our church communities it's not going to work for everyone it's actually going to be kind of what turns people off a little bit um right. like years ago i was uh, med staff at ionian village and what i think worked so well there which is probably similar similar to a lot of other summer camps is you know when you get there there's like icebreakers if you will that are familiar to people. So there's Greek dancing and there's music and sure there's church too. Like, yes, that's, that's there, but it's more so like you see all the kids getting up and they're like, Oh, you know how to dance this dance. I, you know, we all know how to do it. Or mm -hmm. if there's kids that aren't dancing, they like pull them up into it. Mm -hmm. And the next day it's like within 24 hours, these kids are like inseparable and just having like the best time at the summer camp in the middle of absolutely nowhere in Greece. Yeah. You know? Um, so I don't know. I, I totally agree with you guys. I don't, I think um, this was a debate that the church where Evan teaches now had about, mm -hmm. you know, do you mandate, mandate, that's a tough word these days. Do you require that kids <laughs> go to Sunday school to be able to participate in the dance group? And, mm -hmm. you know, it's a tough, there's not a clean answer to that because, you know, some kids can't get to church because maybe right. dad doesn't go to church they're, you know, with dad for the weekend, he could only drop them off for dance practice, like that type of a thing. So there's, I don't know, it's just, it's a slippery slope. And I think dance is the unifier in all of this, you know? Right. right. I mean, it maybe really, I'm yeah. a bias, but. <laughs> yeah. And it's also where those connections come together through all of the age groups too. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it isn't just, I'm only friends with these fourth graders, let's say, you know? Right. But now I'm, you know, friends with uh, the 20 year olds and, and what have you too. And it, that's, it unifies everybody. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, we haven't ever asked this question. I don't, I don't think we have Ev correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you don't, you can't tell what's in my brain, but, um, so we know <laughs> the advice that you would give to people. Um, what would you tell people not to do? Like, what have you seen in your experiences with supporting groups or even, you know, as a judge, even as a parent, what would you say is like really deconstructive um, other than like the obvious, like we know the obvious stuff. Right. So not to do like towards what, like a dance group or a director to a group or just. I would say either one. I would say like something that a, a director should be aware of to not do when mm-hmm. working with a group or just in general, like just as, you know, I know it's a curveball. If you wouldn't do it to your kids club coach, don't mm-hmm. do it to a director. If mm-hmm. if nice. you wouldn't be mm-hmm. that parent because your kid's on a club soccer team, and if you went to the director and complained about playing time, or you went to the coach and, and bitched to him about playing time, you, you might very well find your kid more benched. Um, so if you wouldn't do it to your kid's club coach, uh, don't do it to the to the church or the or the directors or the, the administrative body above that. Um, I have seen let me rephrase that. Every program I've seen fall apart was because of that. And then took, mm-hmm. took a decade in, in one case to get rebuilt. Um, and I've, that's the only time I have ever told a director to walk away was from literally being uh, verbally abused by the parents of the kids that he was directing. It was mm-hmm. the only person I've ever given advice to like, dude, cut your ties and just go. Everyone else gets advice on how to try to solve this or how to mitigate that. Mm. But that kid, oh, he wasn't even, well, he was a kid then. He, he was like 18, yeah. He, I just yeah, told he him was, to bail. He was, he was like an Adi, you know? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I remember that, ooh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I just but, told him, like, he'd been, he'd been fighting and fighting and fighting for like two or three years and it was draining him. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. just go, this isn't worth it. And that, I, and that program fell apart for five or six years until it was, picked back up by someone else. And at that point, that parent had left or that kid, their parent, their kid had aged out or lost interest or whatever. And then they started over again. So mm-hmm. it's it really, I mean, parents are everything in the program in so many different ways, but they need to be everything supportive. They can't, mm-hmm. unless they have some expertise or their directors themselves or can add when they're invited, just don't be that parent. Like, just don't. Mm-hmm. I had that conversation second weekend of this this season because I got some text messages during the week saying you can't do this with the kids they're not they're not liking the way you did that they they complained to their parents so I, I went into the next practice and some parents are there but mostly kids I just said to them listen I'm gonna tell you one thing with me if you have an issue with something that I do during practice and you don't have the guts to come up and tell me afterwards i won't judge you i won't yell at you or anything but if you can't come up to me and tell me that something i did didn't sit well with you then don't say anything at all because if you leave here and you go home and tell your parents and ask your parents to act on your behalf then that's going to get zero weight with me it's Mm -hmm. going to go one in one side Mm -hmm. and right out the other side because that to me is not going to fly if you have an issue and if you're too afraid to talk to me then bring your parents here and talk with me face to face. But I don't, I don't tolerate for one second this whole behind the scenes, 
No, I'm going to tell my parents and my parents are going to tell the other instructor because you won't even come to me about it still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. then that instructor is going to come to me and tell me, oh, you shouldn't do that because the kids didn't like it. Right. Well, the kids were fine. It was yeah. one kid. Yeah. So that it really it, it's hard, especially I would say as a new instructor, it's mm-hmm. hard to have that kind of thick skin with it. Absolutely. But I mean, I with everything I've gone through in my dance career um Mm -hmm. i've that's the one thing i've learned the most is unless you're going to come talk to me face to face i'm going to give it no merit yeah yeah you know and that's yeah i so i i echo that 100 well and you know a lot of things that happen in dance practice too it's like all about perception too and Mm -hmm. you know what what the kids perceive is 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 happening that may not really be happening, you know, that can, they go back to their parents, they say something, it's like, wait a minute, that, that's not what happened, you know? So I think that's, yeah, that's one of the biggest things. Had that happen with someone? Yeah. With yeah. a child? Yeah, I did. Yeah. There, so, was, a, there was a child <laughs> years who, ago, years ago, that was having a rough week time at home, whatever it was, mm-hmm. walked out of practice. No, he, he walked into practice and I had, I would, I was, I don't know. I turned around, like, put your hands up, you know? And as I said it, I looked at him and he just started crying, bawling and he ran out of the room and I'm like, oh my God. And he's never done that before. And I ran out and sat with him for a good half an hour. And he basically just vented to me about everything that he had been through. And he had just, you know, personal things and family issues. And I, I, you know, let him have that moment and told me, you know, come in when you're ready. And he came in and got a call from his mother the next day, like, like thanking me for helping him and being with him at this time. And but Evan, what did everybody else say? That you caused it. Sorry. I'm not I made yeah. him Sorry. cry. Stacey made, made the him. boy cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and as a director... I don't know who's listening to this now, but we know a lot of things about these kids. They tell us a lot because they do look up to us and we are their comfort. And we're that safe, non-judgmental place. You know, I can talk to this adult and, and I can. And so when I have people doing that, I'm not going to turn around and tell them, um, by the way, this is what he told me. Mm -hmm. So you know, we keep our mouth shut and we, we just have to have that thick skin. You know, that's happened countless times where it's like, I know the history of this child. You do not. If I told you why I do what I do, you're going to be like, Oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to tell you why Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to listen and I'm going to shut my mouth because I'm protecting that child. And parents don't realize that. And I've told Mm -hmm. a lot of parents, like I, it's funny, like as these kids grow up in our church, like you see these kids in their natural environment. Cause when they're at practice, they're, they're there. They don't see you as a director. You're invisible. Mm-hmm. Their relationships, the way that they act is how they truly act. I know that the directors that have my boys see my boys in their truest nature. Something that I may never see with them, them because all. when I'm <laughs> when I'm around, <laughs> they're going to act different, right? Mama's there, so now this is what I have to do, and yeah. I appreciate that, you know, and I, I get it. But they see them 
in their natural environment. And there's many times that I've gone to parents and I've been like, you know, I got to tell you, your son is such a good kid, you know, because I see them. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that they're not being the a-hole. They're not, you know, whereas you see other kids and you're like, oh, I know you don't act like that with your parents. You know, so you mm-hmm. see them as their true selves. And so we know so much about them, personality, characteristics, that what we they're just going see, through. what they're going through. Then they tell us, you know, mm-hmm. breaks come and they come and they sit and they talk to us about a problem that happened. I don't know if they're talking to their parents about it. I mean, of course, we always recommend that they do if it is something more serious, obviously. Sure. But You know, those are things that you build a relationship with, with these dancers that the parents don't necessarily see. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of just going to this parent involvement. They think that they know situations when they really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have major chills down my spine right now because it's just, it it very, it hits home a lot. Um, I mean, I I had two instances, but one that really stands out where, I mean, one of my dancers was being, physically abused, sexually mm-hmm. abused and in her home. Mm-hmm. And of all the places she felt most comfortable and safest, Ugh. it was coming to me and telling me. Yeah. Um, and it really, I mean, it's something where you create such a safe space because you're, you're essentially giving them this space where they can strip down all of their insecurities and open up and allow dance to come in. But in the process of doing that, yeah you're opening up so much more yeah, and yeah, you're, like you're really creating this environment where they can be who they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, to me, that was, that is one of the greatest honors of being able to teach and connect with so many students of all ages, not just children, but um, I mean, so it was equally hard when that same, you know, opportunity was used against me to kick me out of it church but whatever mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that's a whole other conversation <laughs> but, but it's but, yeah but you 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 make this deep connection with these children and and it's it's a trust that is just so powerful and you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's not something to be played with and it, when you can achieve that and when you can hit that level of connection with your students and you know that you're really making an impact in their lives it's it's mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no words to describe it. Right. Go ahead, Stacey. Oh, I was going to say, and that's kind of going back to this mentoring program with these directors. Like what we would do is I would have meetings with all the directors and I'm sure they all rolled their eyes and another meeting, whatever. But part of it was your role as a director. You become Mm -hmm. a role model for these kids. Like it or not, you're a role model. And the way that you act and the way that you are and and the scaffy that you're showing to life, to dance, to whatever it is, you need to take that and be responsible for that, you know? Yeah, so don't let security find you passed out in a gutter at FDF because chances are half your dance saw you first, right? So there's, there's a bit of responsibility, of, of adult responsibility that's involved in things like that. Like right. we all go out, we all have friends, we all have a good time with our friends, we like get a few drinks in and blah, blah, blah. But when you when you have your children present is one thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and as a director, you always have your children present. So, mm-hmm. you know, be responsible with that. Yeah. Stacey, yeah. I was totally going to say the same thing that even if you don't think it's a situation yeah. where you're a role model, um, it, you know, it becomes that way. And I think they, kids and young adults pick up on things that you don't even think are on their radar. Um, and 
you know, like there were, there was a situation, um, that I was in where some kids were asking me like, you know, how can I still be friends with someone who I had been dating, who was mm -hmm. at the church and, you know, wow. we, we stopped dating. And I was like, because that's just life. You have to be, there are situations where you're, you're going to be, you know, in the same room with someone where there's, you need to be a little bit cordial. It doesn't mean right. like you need to spend all, all night talking to them, but um, it's just how to be like a human, you know? Right. Um, and I had no idea that they were picking up on that, you know? I had no clue. And then they're like, oh, well, I broke up with my boyfriend at the Goya basketball tournament last weekend. And I just can't. And I'm like, okay, well, it's okay if you can't see him. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because I'm like thinking like it's the 15-year-old view of this now, you know? Right, and I'm right. Like, <laughs> Just wait until the next tournament. It'll be fine. Like get in the line, dance your dances. You'll you'll all be fine. You know <laughs> exactly, exactly. And watch the other cute boy over there because you know <laughs> exactly. Leave them out there. <laughs> exactly. Oh hey, my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys, this was so great. This was excellent. Well, thank yes. you for having me. I know. Thank you. Thank you for being Wonderful. here. We're like the senior. We like we're, we're like the oldest. They probably are. no, no, no. no. John Peppis is a little, a little older, a lot older. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yvonne Definitely. Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> we've gotten we we definitely got <laughs> some seniors down here. Yeah, yeah. we're trying to get well, Joe Graziosi. Good thing you guys are doing. Good, good I know this is really great, you guys. This I feel like this is the the next generation of like GreekDancing dot org and you know oh, all God, those websites that, that we oh, used God, to do. Oh, I feel oh, like I was such a dick on that site. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I I was definitely on there, but like I don't think oh, I. I don't, yeah. I don't think I, I think I like stalked it. Like, I think I was like yeah. reading it. And that was me too. Talk. Don't worry. I had like, you know, two posts and it was all like, good job. Right. <laughs> that was right. it. I don't oh. like confrontation at all. No, either. This either. one though was like, cool, I'm going over there. Oh, I, <laughs> you know? I ripped into line of the... <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, oh my God. I would handle that so differently. But, so. but anyway, this is like the next. The well, it's, next it's thing, dance evolution, awesome, right? Dance, you know? dance evolves, and like, the study yeah. of dance should also involve with it. So, good, good yeah. grab me in a in a basket hold and just started doing chesto, and was lead was in lead, and then he would do a variation, and I would catch up with it. Like we, he was just like challenging me, like, "Do you actually <laughs> know this shit?" And and for like uh, no music, nothing. He was just dancing, right? So we're just. <laughs> Too goofy dancing in the middle of that. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, Zuberaki, all right, all right. You, yeah, you, you, you know, you know the stuff. I was like, Thank, thanks, Dean. Thanks a lot. Like, like, I love him. I, like, just the, the, the no bullshit throw down, like, call you on it is, is, mm -hmm. is refreshing. Um, probably more from being Greek than dance alone, but just it's fantastic. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I'm going to have to text him and see if his ears are ringing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, thank you guys yeah, so much for having you. us again. Thank, thank you, you guys. Excited to meet you guys in person finally in January. I don't know. Maybe I'll be there. Sure. Well, well the Pangritiki, so the, we'll uh, the PYA has a conference like the weekend before in Springfield. So oh, yes. We talk about Springfield in one of the podcasts. Oh, right. oh really? Oh, yeah. Because we oh. lived about 45 minutes from, not even 25 minutes, 30 minutes from Springfield. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Okay. Watch out for the guns. Yeah. That you know, I, I I take my boys hunting, so that that's like <laughs> one of the questions you had in the um, precursor. The, yeah. 
I thought was how do you, you know, what, what ethnicity do you keep and how are you teaching, you know, how are you progressing it? And I thought, well, I take my boys hunting, so they're comfortable around guns. Yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Preparing them for the trip to Kriti this summer. Yeah. There you we, go. We, uh, we were not prepared for the gun to be going off in the middle of the hall. Oh, no. We were, I'm, I'm looking up at the ceiling. I'm waiting for like holes in the ceiling tiles. Right. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and this little puppy was like, you know, like oh all jazzed up. <laughs> Dude, we were at a wedding <laughs> one summer and it was like in-laws, you know, cousins of a cousin of a cousin. And there was an old yaya with like two machine guns <laughs> off of the balcony, just like <laughs> we were like, where are we right now? And it was the funniest yet scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I know. I, I was know. holding up, I was holding the yaya up because the, the recoil was pushing back. So I was like keeping her steady. But Stacy was a little freaked out. I mean, hey, guns aren't legal in Greece, right? Unless they're hunting guns. So it's it's the only way you can protect your house there. So, right. you know, yeah, yeah, knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. She just needs like a little bit of a prop to help her. <laughs>